Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Got a lot of young people on a mission trip, so there is... We still have young people over here. Nothing personal, Chuck. So... And uh, it must be vacation time because there are gaps. But again, the, the spiritual people are here today, right? I tried my best to put a jacket on this morning, and I told Kelly I, I can't do it. I put that jacket on, and it came off so fast. So it's summertime. It's hot. Uh, Rodney and I didn't coordinate. He's short-sleeved today. He's got a lot more energy when he's short-sleeved. You see that? And, uh, wow, it's been hot, and it's been humid and the Cowans are here. Hi, Shane, Tracy. Good to see you. Are you moving back? Oh, man. So, we've got some visitors here today, so we lose some folks to vacation. we got folks coming in. We're glad to have you here. We're going to begin a new series today. Let's introduce it this way. Let me take you back to 1961. Some of y'all weren't around. I was two. But in 1961, we had a president who said, before the end of the decade, we'll put a man on the moon and we'll bring him home safely to earth. Fast forward, not very far from that, 1969, July of 1969, it was Apollo 11, I believe, and there were some phrases that grabbed our attention, some phrases that people still use today in various ways. We send Apollo 11 up there. It's amazing. We, we, we send a ship off the earth towards the moon, and they landed. That lunar module landed. And so we remember phrases like, the eagle has landed, the name of the lunar module. That's what they named the lunar module after our national bird. And it was on that mission... Another phrase that stands out to us is Neil Armstrong takes that step down. He says, one small, one giant leap for mankind. See, you remember that. Some of y'all weren't even born. Some of y'all weren't very old, but we remember those phrases. And, And when he took that step, he validated what the president said. Again, amazing. There were a lot of steps that took place for that step to happen. There were a lot of people in mission control. There were a lot of people that built that ship. There were a lot of steps. That, there were steps going down that ladder until he took that one small... There were steps that he took after that. But that one step changed the course of history. That one small step. We'll say phrases like a step in the right direction. Well, if you're taking a step in the right direction, there's going to be a lot of steps in that right direction. But that first step, that one small step was so significant. One step to greatness. One step away. That's what we're going to call our series. We're going to spend a few weeks talking about one step away. Have you ever said to yourself, you know, I wish God would just do something great in my life. I wish God would do something powerful in my life. I wish God would do something amazing in my life. I wish God would do something powerful in this church. I wish God would do something amazing in this church, something extraordinary in this church. Maybe he would if we would just take one small step. We're one step away from God doing great things in our lives. We're one step away from God doing great things in this church. 
Let's turn to our text today. We're going to spend a little bit of time here, like I said, the next several weeks. Matthew chapter 14. You're very familiar with this text. It is probably one of my favorite texts. Matthew 14, we'll begin reading in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. It's a story about trust. It's a story about obedience. It's a story about taking one step to enable the Lord to do great things. Now, don't get me wrong. If you take that one step, it's not about you doing something great. It's about God doing something great through you. There's a big difference. Will you trust the Lord enough that you'll take one step out of the boat? You're familiar with this story. If you go back to Matthew chapter 14, at the beginning, John the Baptist is killed. He's murdered. He's beheaded. John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist, the voice of God. John the Baptist who prepared the way for Jesus. John the Baptist who baptized Jesus. And he was thrown in jail because he was preaching the truth. And he was at a party, so to speak. He was in the jail while the party took place. Herod was there and Herodias' daughter. Herodias, who he was committing adultery with, which is why John was preaching the truth and said, you don't need to be living like this. And he was thrown in jail. Herodias' daughter was dancing and Herod said, I'll give you whatever you want. And prompted by her mom... She said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a platter. Happy birthday. That's what she got. That's the news Jesus got in Matthew 14, verse 12. And when he gets that news, all he wants to do, just to show you that Jesus is normal, just like us, he just wants to get away. He just wants to be alone. And he tries. He tries to get away. He tries to be alone. But the crowd finds him. Scripture says... He had compassion on them. And you read about the feeding of the 5,000, at least 5,000 men. There may have been ten or 15,000. And after he fed the 5,000, Scripture says he told the disciples, you get in the boat and you go the other side. He still just wants to get away. Probably to mourn John the Baptist. Probably to mourn death. Probably to mourn the situation of the world. He just wants to get away. He just wants to talk to his father. And the disciples get in the boat and they go out on the water. And a storm comes up. And the wind comes up. 
and the waves are buffeting the boat, and they are straining at the oars. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe that describes your life today. You've just been straining at the oars. You've done everything you could do, everything within your power, but you're just getting nowhere straining at the oars. If you compare the Gospels here, it says they, have, they had already rowed three to three and a half miles. But in essence, they're getting nowhere. They're straining at the oars. Jesus up on the mountain sees them. Jesus up on the mountain knows what they're going through. We sing that song, My Jesus Knows. And Jesus knows what they're going through. And Jesus sees And Jesus goes out to them on the water. When Jesus' footsteps hit the water, He doesn't sink. He's just walking on water. In the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, in the midst of the wind, in the midst of the darkness of the night, Jesus comes to them. Why wouldn't they think? It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. We probably would have done the same. We probably would have cried out in fear. We would have been terrified. The last person we'd probably be looking for, the last person we're often looking for in a storm, in times of darkness, is Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. He just needed some assurance. He just needed to know, Jesus, is it really you? This past week, we uh, past two weeks, we've had some burglaries in our neighborhood. We've had some folks going through and getting into cars and doing some things. So I was out walking one night, just kind of being my own neighborhood watch. We don't have a very big addition, so I'm walking through the neighborhood kind of looking, and I walk by some neighbor's house, and their garage door's up. It's 11.30. Richie, what are you doing out at 11.30? Neighborhood watch. So I texted Kelly. I said, should I text them? And I did. I texted. Hey, are y'all awake? No response. I tried calling to let them know, hey, your garage door is up. Because we've had people going through the neighborhood that don't belong in the neighborhood. No response. So I texted Kelly. She was up. I said, should I ring the doorbell? She said, I would. So at 11.30 at night, I ring the doorbell. Their dogs are just going crazy. So I know they hear the dogs. And finally, she comes to the door, the missus, and says, Who is it? I said, It's Richie. She said, Are you sure it's Richie? (laughs) Which was funny from my side of the door. Yes, ma'am, I'm sure. It's Richie. I live right around the corner. And she opened that door about this far, and she peeked out enough to see that it was me, and she opened the door, and I said, I am so sorry. I tried texting. I tried calling. I just wanted you to know your garage door was up. And they thanked me that night. They thanked me the next day. They sent me an email. They sent me a text. She just wanted to know for sure, Richie, is it really you? Peter just needed to know. Lord, if it is you, as opposed to a ghost, as opposed to a demon, as opposed to I don't know what he was thinking, Lord, if it's you, you tell me to come to you on the water. And the journey begins with the command. Jesus says, come. 
And the journey begins with one step as Peter gets down out of the boat. One step to the journey of a lifetime. One step away from Jesus doing something great in the life of Peter. One step away. There's 11 other guys in the boat. There's 11 other guys. I wish there was more dialogue. You know there was some money changing hands, wouldn't you think? I got 20 bucks says he's going to sink. I got five to one odds that he'll never even make it out of the boat. Peter, what are you thinking? Peter, what are you doing? Again, it's a storm. It's dark. It's night. As the lightning flashes, they see this figure and they finally identify him as Jesus. And Peter, in, in a glimpse of faith, in just a moment of faith, says, Lord, if it's you, you tell me to come. That's all he needed. And he took one step to greatness. Again, it wasn't anything great that Peter did. There wasn't anything about Peter that enabled Peter to walk on water. Oh, maybe he'd been taking a class, how to walk on water. Water walking 101. Maybe he'd been watching some other... Have you ever seen anybody walk on water? I haven't. I've seen people ski on water. I've seen people tubing on water. I've seen people in boats on water. I've seen people sink in water. Never seen somebody walk on water. Jesus was the first, and Peter took one step, one step away from the Lord doing something great. You know what happened. Peter walked on water. Peter walked on water. Peter did something that he'd never done before. Peter did something that no human outside of Jesus had ever done before because Peter was one step away in that moment of faith to doing something great. One step away. You know, maybe what we need to talk about is the boat. Because 11 guys stayed in the boat. 11 guys said, I'm not getting out of that boat. Because that boat represents security. That boat represents safety. That boat represents predictability. That boat represents comfort. We know about safety. We know all about safety. Our culture's all about safety. We've got safety folks out there that do safety stuff. Prevention and loss stuff. We know all about safety. If you go to your financial advisor, he'll say, how risky do you want to be with your money? Do you want to be real risky or do you want to play it safe? And you have to decide what level of safety you have with your money. We play, we play it safe with relationships. We play it safe in business. We're all about safety because we like comfortable. You probably drive the same way to work every day. You probably go to restaurants and same restaurants and eat the same stuff. Not long ago, we were at Cracker Barrel. Kelly, me, and Spencer, and I said, I'm just going to order, and Spencer said, you're going to order the same thing you always order, Dad, two eggs and biscuits. I said, all right, I'm a wild man, so I don't even know what I ordered that day, but I ordered something different. The boat is about routine, the boat is about rut, the boat is about why change what we're doing, we've always done it this way. That's our security. That's our safety. 
But until you take that one step out of the boat, you see, when you step out of the boat, you give away all of your security and all of your safety and all of your predictability and say, Lord, I'm with you. I trust you. I just gave up everything that gives me comfort and safety and predictability. In my moment of faith, I'm with you. Churches are all about safety. People talk that way. I'll ask people, hey, how come you were, excuse me, how come you were baptized? Well, I just want to be safe. You want to be safe? How come we don't use instruments in worship? Well, I just want to be safe. Safe? How come you come to worship on Sunday night? Well, the Lord, if He comes back on Sunday night, I just want to be safe. I want to be in the church building. We're all about safety. Has nothing to do with faith. We walk by sight and not by faith. It's my observation that most of the decisions at church are all about safety and comfort. Most of the decisions in your life, most of the decisions at church are not about right or wrong. It's not about whether it's scriptural or unscriptural. It's about I'm not comfortable with what we're about to do. Can we just stay in the boat? I like the boat. Can we just keep doing it the way we've always done it? You can describe our boat in a number of ways. When we moved into our facility over here, we couldn't paint the walls. Don't mess with the boat. Don't paint the boat. Don't put, excuse me, don't put stay. Wow. Don't put staples on the wall. Don't do thumbtacks on the wall. Don't mess with the boat. And heaven forbid, God forbid, that we bring coffee into the boat. Richie, don't paint the boat. Don't mess with the boat. Don't rock the boat. Richie, leave the boat alone. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to leave the boat. I don't want to be alone. Oh, I know 11 guys stayed in the boat. I know it's human nature to stay in the boat. You ever seen anybody walk on water? Oh, not physically. I've never seen it physically, but I've seen people walk on water in some amazing ways. I've seen many of you go on mission trips that I would have never thought you would leave your house, let alone Longview, let alone the States. And you go on mission trips because you step out in faith. You're one step away. God, I've never done this before, but I'm giving up my security because I, I want to walk on water. I've seen people teach. I've seen people lead small groups. I've seen people walk on water in some amazing ways. I've seen churches that step out in faith and the giving is phenomenal. I've seen churches step out in faith when it comes to Small groups, I've seen churches step out in faith when it comes to worship. And just mentioning those things makes you nervous. Richie, get back in the boat. Just get back in the boat. Just don't talk about change. Don't talk about, let's just do it the same way we've always done it. And if we do it the same way we've always done it, we'll continue to get the same results. I give up on trying to convince people that the kingdom is about growth. 
When you get out of the boat, you have to grow. You know why we don't get out of the boat? Because we like our comfort. You know why we quit doing two services? It was uncomfortable. I want my comfort. You know why we don't get out of the boat? Because it's all about our comfort. Leave the boat alone. It's exactly what I want to do, is leave the boat. Church, you will never walk on water until you take one step out of the boat. You'll never walk on water as long as you're staying in the boat. Quote Michael Jordan, You'll always miss 100% of the shots you don't take. How do you know what God can do in you and through you until you take that one step out of the boat? Oh, I know it's uncomfortable. I am as routine and rut as anybody in here when it comes to where you go, what you do, how you dress, where you eat. You name the restaurant, I'll tell you what to order. I just have to walk in and it's like Norm at Cheers. They know what I'm going to order. And no, it's not Norm at Cheers with alcohol. That's not what I'm ordering. Stay with me on that. One step away. One step away. You know what happens if you don't get out of the boat? You'll live a life of regrets. You'll play the wished I had game. The older you get, I wished I had taken that class. I wished I had gone back to school. I wished I had got that degree. I wished I had gone on that mission trip. I wished I had shared the gospel with my family. I wished I had shared the gospel with my neighbors. I wished I had. I wished I had taken that one step and got out of the... I wished I had. Eleven guys never had that opportunity again. Eleven guys never had that opportunity again. But Peter, he never forgot. It changed his life. You say, Richie, Peter messed up a lot. He sure did. But on this day, he took that one step and he got out of the boat and he walked on water. Richie, leave the boat alone. That's exactly what I want to do. Just wondering if anybody wants to go with me. Just wondering who wants to step out in faith in your life. You're one step away from your marriage being better. You're one step away from job changing. You're one step away, one step away. And the reason we stay where we are is we like the comfort of the boat. And the reason the church stays where it is, we like the comfort of the boat. Let's just sing all the same songs we sang in the 50s. Wouldn't that be great? Let's just do the same thing we've always done. Our worship, our church, our ministry is so predictable. I don't even know if there's room for God. You know exactly what's going to happen when you walk in here. You know exactly what's going to happen when you go to class. You know exactly what's going to happen with most of the things in your life because we like the boat. Listen, church. Do you want to live the rest of your life straining at the oars? 
You want to live the rest of your life trying as hard as you can to get somewhere that you'll never get? Or do you want to step out in faith and trust God and give up all your security of the boat? God, I don't even know where I'm going. God, I don't even know what you're calling me to do, but I'm going to answer the call. I'm going to get out of the boat. And I'm going to trust you. One step at a time. But I'm going to take that one step, Lord. One step. Church, will we take that one step? You can't be satisfied that we stay the same year after year after year unless you're satisfied with comfort. Is that what you want? You're one step away from the Lord doing something great in your life, in your marriage, with your money, with your talents, with your gift. This church is one step away. Richie, leave the boat alone. From this day on, I'm leaving the boat. But I know I'm not going alone. Will you step out in faith? When we stand to sing this invitation song today, will you say, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith in my life. I'm going to start trusting you and I'm going to quit trusting the security of the boat. Will you step out in faith in your life? Will you step out in faith in your marriage? Will you step out in faith in raising your kids? Will you step out in faith and share the gospel? Will you step out in faith and go on a mission trip? Will this church step out in faith? We're one step away from the Lord doing great things. We offer an invitation song today. It's not our invitation. It's the Lord's invitation. When we stand to sing, you're one step away from walking down to the front, one step away from going back into this changing room, one step away from being up here in this baptistry, one step away from being baptized for the remission of your sins, one step away from becoming a Christian, one step away from getting that new nature, one step away from the Lord doing great things in your life. So when we sing this invitation, you're one step away. Maybe you don't need to respond to the invitation to be baptized. Maybe you just want the elders to pray for you. Maybe you want to go to the elders in in a private setting and say, you know what? As I read this passage, I realize I'm one step away. Elders, shepherds, will you embrace me and pray for me to have the faith to take that one step? If you need to talk with our elders, they'll be in the back. We're going to spend several weeks, church, getting out of the boat in various ways because we're one step away. If you need to respond to the invitation of Jesus, please do so as we stand and sing. What can wash away?